0: I can do do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. be be. And I will have what it says I can have. have have. Today, Today, I will hear the word of God. I I boldly declare declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My my ears are open, open and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. same. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Amen. Father, thank you for your word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. It is quick. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word allows our minds to be renewed, to think like you do. And so, Father, as we come to hear the word, I thank you for the spirit of God using me to articulate the things that you want us to hear and I pray in the name of Jesus that after having heard the word of truth our lives will be better our minds will be transformed and Lord our hearts will be changed to have your heart and so I thank you for signs miracles and wonders following the word today and it's in Jesus mighty name everybody say amen 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 amen. God bless you you may be seated We're in a series called Unapologetically Prosperous. Just look at your neighbor and say, I ain't apologizing. apologizing. And one, one of the goals of our series was to learn some reasons of why we may not be experiencing prosperity at new levels. And so last week we identify one of the key reasons of why we may not be prospering like we should. And that is due to being what I call deceived by the deceitfulness of riches. Now, when you and I, when we function under this mindset, it causes us, listen, to trust us more than we trust God. In fact, that's the state of our country. We have it printed on our money. In God, we trust But if we really trusted in God, then we would honor God with what he's entrusted us with. Say amen to that. So listen to what the apostle Paul has said, because deceitfulness or deception makes us trust in money or trust in riches instead of trusting in God who created the riches. And so in first Timothy chapter six, verse 17 this is what Paul wrote to the, to the rich people in the church. Because everybody in church ain't struggling. Amen. There are some rich people in the church. And so sometimes you have to talk to the rich people. So, I'm, so just look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you right now. I see some of y'all going, but I ain't rich. That's your problem. I just prophesied that you're rich. Say, I receive it. You got to call things that be not as though they were. I mean, that's better than people calling you broke, right? He says, charge those that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in what? Uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy That they do good, that they be rich in what? Good works. Ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Verse 19 closes by saying, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Now I'm going to read that in the New Living Translation. Paul says to the rich people, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Because it's so easy to trust in your money. He says, do not trust in your, in their money, which is unreliable. Their trust should be in who church? In God, who richly gives us all we need for what? Listen, you should enjoy life. Enjoy your car. Enjoy your house. Enjoy your, your dog. Enjoy those things, but don't put your trust in those things. He says in verse 18, tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those who are in need. Always being ready. Always being ready. Always being ready. To do what? Share with others. You should always have money with you to give. Always, you should always have something on you to reserve, to give to somebody. Verse 19, he says, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Everybody say amen to that. So what causes us to trust us or to trust in money over trusting God? Because that's a serious trust. For me to, to let go or to not trust in God and then trust in what I have or myself is huge. Well, it's obvious that deception plays a major role in our perspective regarding money. Because for me to trust in what I'm earning more than what I'm trusting in God shows that I'm deceived in some kind of way. Now, some people are going, well, I don't trust money over trusting God. Well, that's easy to figure out because if you don't even honor God with 10% of what you earn, you do trust you more than you trust God. Amen. And you know, it's interesting because people get upset with pastors when they talk like this as if the pastors get all the time. I'm going to go there. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going there. Yeah, because I don't get all the time. Amen. And listen, I give more than most people. So what am I doing? Giving it to get it back? That doesn't make sense, right? The reason Eve disobeyed God's instructions, watch this, was because she got deceived. Listen to the New Living Translation of 1 Timothy 2. Verse 13. It says, for God made Adam first. Who did God make first? Adam. Look at your neighbor and say, somebody got to be in charge. For God made Adam first. And then, watch this, and then afterwards, that's three words, afterwards, afterwards. he made who? Eve. Eve. And it was not Adam who was deceived by Satan. The woman was deceived, watch this church, and sin was the result. Listen, anytime you and I step outside of the perimeters of God's word, the result is going to be disobedience and sin. And so last week, one of the keys that we discovered to prospering God's way is to change how we think. Getting your soul to think differently than how it's thinking right now because there are levels of prosperity. Everybody say there are levels. Listen, one of the lowest levels of prosperity is just getting your needs met. That's a, everybody say that's the lowest level. No, that's the lowest level because if God prospers us so that we can be a blessing, then you can't bless somebody if you ain't blessed enough to do it. And so getting your soul to think differently than how you're thinking right now is the challenge. And we learned that our soul last week must prosper. And that's where thinking takes place. And so in 3 John 2, we read it. He says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and... Everybody say And and be in health they go together prosper and be in health even as your soul prosper prosper and be in health even better as your soul prosper so as my soul prospers guess what i will be in good health amen so our souls must listen we must prosper in our souls if we're going to prosper i call our soul i said this last week consists of by mind. i will our thoughts, and how we feel. Everybody say my mind, my will, my thoughts, and how I feel. And so I closed the lesson on last week, if you remember, with the question, how do we successfully change our thinking? That's how I ended the Remember last week, I just ended it by saying, how many would like to know how we change our thinking? And everybody, hey, I said, well, you'll learn next week. Well, this week is next week, right here. This is it. So if you're taking notes, the message title today is Developing a Prosperous Mindset. Developing a Prosperous Mindset. I only have one point, but under the one point, I have three different points, okay? So, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, here's the first point. New levels come with new thinking. Everybody say new levels come with new thinking. Let's say it again. New levels come with new thinking. Come on. I want everybody to say it again. New levels come with new thinking. Romans 12, 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is the reasonable thing you and I should do. Verse 2. Then he says, and be not conformed to this what? To this world. But then he says, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. And when you renew your mind, you'll be able to prove what's good and acceptable and what the perfect will of God is. So here's a take-home statement that we're going to launch from po- point number one. You will stay conformed until you are newly informed. I'm going to say that again. You will stay conformed. Until you are newly informed. In other words, what I'm saying is, you will stay at the level of thinking that you're at until something else new is introduced enough for you to believe. In other words, your thinking will stay the same. Watch this church until it's interrupted with some new thoughts. Oh, that was good right there. That was good right there. So the first way, everybody say the first way. Now, this is not on your notes, on your physical notes. It should have been. It got left out. But here's, uh, here's the first thing. The first way to change your thinking, watch this church, is with correction. Is with correction. Correction is interrupting error with truth. Correction is interrupting error with some truth. And this is why it's so important to hear God's word because the word helps to correct how we think. Second Timothy 3.16, I love this verse. I'm going to read it in two versions because it shows us that truth is the, is the, is the, the the reason why we need to hear it to get rid of error because we're born to think wrong. You don't have to tell a child to not hit another child, they're gonna do it. Children grow up selfish. I think one of the first words they learned is not "mama" or "daddy," it's "mine," "mine," "mine." Listen to Second Second Timothy three, all scripture. Everybody say all scripture. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. And this scripture that has been inspired by God is profitable for doctrine. It's profitable for reproof. Watch this. It's profitable for what? Correction. And for instruction in righteousness. Why? So that the man of God or the woman of God may be perfect Truly furnished unto all good works. Listen to the New Living Translation. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Watch this church. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. The word is here to correct our thinking. And this is why we come to hear the word. This is why you come to church. So that you can straighten your thinking out. Because I believe the difference between a person who is not accepting or living in the more than abundant life that Jesus told us we could have. The difference between their life now and that more than abundant life is how they're thinking. Now you say, well, Pastor, no, it's how a person is living. No, you're only living the way you're living because you're thinking the way you're thinking. That's good. I'm preaching good this morning. I know I am. <laughs> Listen to the New Living Translation. Our scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach what is true and makes us realize what's right. Uh, realize what is wrong in our lives. Verse 17. God uses it. Uses what? He uses scripture to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So truth. Everybody say truth. Truth is the tool for correction. And our society has moved away from what truth is. And that's why we're going in the wrong direction. See, the truth is, is what God says. So this is why there's a confusion of genders. Because we've moved away from what God said a gender is. A man is a man and a lady is a lady. Amen. And now, listen, you you know the world is confused because they want me to change my pronoun game up for them. Call me they, call me them, call we we, call we us. Well, what? I'm going to call you what God says. You a man or you a lady? Praise the Lord. (laughs) So don't be shocked. Y'all already know Pastor Edmund. I'm straight, y'all, right? Y'all just know I'm coming right down that lane, right? So truth is always the, correction, uh, the tool for correction. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 28. This is so good. He says, so you shall say to them, this is a nation that does not obey the voice of the Lord their God. Watch this. Nor receive what? Correction. Now watch this. Truth has perished and has been cut off from their mouth. Truth is the remedy for error. So here's a take-home thought. Everybody saying, hmm. Lack of correction leads to deception. Lack of correction leads to deception. In other words, if you just leave a person in error, they will eventually walk in deception. And this is why our world needs truth. Why? Because truth makes you free. Say amen to that. Proverbs 15.10 says, correction is grievous to him that forsakes the way. And he that hates reproof shall die. Listen to the New King James Version. Harsh discipline is for him who forsakes the way. And he who hates correction will die. You want to die? Don't get corrected. And see what happens is if we don't watch it. If you resist correction too long. You develop what the Bible calls a stiff neck. A stiff-necked person is a person who just has decided to not change. That's just me. That's just how I am. That's how it's going to be. And I'm not changing. Well, you are a stiff-necked person. Look at your neighbor and say, are you stiff-necked? Now, look at him and say, yeah, you are. You didn't say nothing to me. Yeah, yeah you, you didn't say nothing to me. You, you didn't say nothing to talk back to the past, to talk back to the past. <laughs> so listen, correction is one of the ways that we change our thinking. Are y'all with me so far? Here's the second way to change our thinking, because here's the thing. You're not going to change your life until you change how you think. You will not change levels. Listen, it's, it's in the natural. You cannot get to college until you have thought your way through high school. You cannot get your master's degree until you have thought your way through your bachelor's degree. In other words, every new level requires a different level of thinking and learning. Say amen to that. And so a second way that we change our thinking, watch this, this is so good, is with revelation. Now, here's my definition of a revelation. Revelation is being enlightened about something that causes me to see something different, hear something different, know something different than I previously saw, heard, or known. I'm going to say that again. Revelation is when I've been enlightened about something that causes me to see different, hear different, And no different. So a great example of this would be Peter. Because Peter had to change his thinking from where it was. Peter used to believe, listen church, that the gospel was only for Jewish people. In fact, he believed not only was it for Jewish people only, but... I don't know what he thought about the Gentiles, but what I do know is that what he thought about Gentiles is that Gentiles were pretty much dogs. Pretty much, they, they weren't worthy of the gospel. And so in Acts chapter 10 verse 9, I'm going to show you that Revelation calls Peter, and I don't know how old Peter was, I'm going to guess that Peter was at least 40. Okay, let's say that, because Jesus was 33 before he started his ministry. So he went those three years with Jesus on the earth, all right? And then, you know, he was, this was after, Acts was written after Jesus had died and rose again. So let's just say Peter was 35 or 40 years old. That means Peter, because I'm about to help somebody, was 40 years old thinking the same way. Now, how many of you are over 40? Raise your hand. Over 40, over 40. Okay, you can change your thinking today. Acts chapter 10, verse 9, because it's never too late to become a millionaire. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Some of y'all are comfortable being thousandaires, got your little thousands. Drive the car you drive, and you want it. You know you got the house you own. You can wear some clothes you like. You know, and uh, all that. But but you're comfortable with your thousands. You look at your neighbor and say, "Are you a thousand there?" Now look at somebody else and say, "None of your business." Amen. The next level up is millionaire, and you're not too old for that. So it says his the tomorrow as they went on their journey and drew near unto the city. Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour and he became very hungry and he would have eaten. But while they were making it ready, he fell into a trance and he saw heaven and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and it let down to the earth wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. Verse 13 says, And there came a voice to him that says, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Oh, no, not so, Lord. For I have never, everybody say "never." never. I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. Peter was saying, I ain't never thought this way, and I ain't thinking about thinking this way. Look at verse 15. And the boy spoke to him again. Everybody say again. Again. Everybody say again. Again. And see, here's why I am emphasizing again, because you're not going to change your thinking by hearing something one time. Because your subconscious has been built to believe it. See, the way your subconscious works, the subconscious part of you is the part that believes something without thought no more. You don't really have to consciously think how to get home from here. You just get in the car. You don't have to consciously think I'm going to crank my car. You just get in and you crank it. Why? Unconsciously, you know the routine. And so what has happened... Consistent behavior creates our unconscious patterns. And so now, once something is in your subconscious, you have to now work it out to change it. And that's where different thinking comes in. This is why, listen, it's not a coincidence that he's going to have to say to Peter more than one time about this revelation. So he says, in verse, what did I leave off at? Verse, Verse 15. And the voice spoke to him again. The what, church? Come on, church. The second time. He says, what God has cleansed, do not call common. Read the next four words with me. This was done thrice. Everybody say thrice. Listen, that's Spanish for three. Thrice, thrice, thrice. (laughs) Spanish. Mario's over there going, No, that's not Spanish. That's not Spanish, Master. That's not Spanish. Somebody else said, That is Spanish, ain't it? No. I hate to tell you it's not Spanish. It says this was done three times. And then the vessel was received up into heaven. So let me just stop here and say this to you. Wherever your thinking is right now, it's going to take some consistency of truth to break down what you have already swallowed as truth. Because I'm going to show you something. Because the question is, because I'm talking about how to change your thinking. And I said the first one is through correction. we get getting that right now. But the second one is through revelation. So I'm going to show you here in just a second how to trigger revelation. Because revelation is not necessarily something that we can control per se. He says, now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen would mean. Behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made an inquiry from Simon's house and stood at the gate. And they called and asked for Simon, which was surnamed Peter, because everybody has a nickname. Amen. Uh, I found out recently that one of my aides that I've been knowing for at least, I don't know, 13 years. His nickname was Will Thousand. His name is William, but his nickname was, oh, it's what? Wall thousand. His name, William Wallace, that's his name, but his nickname was Wall thousand. I was like, I, I, I think I like that. Everybody got a nickname. Verse 13 or verse 19. While Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said to him, behold, there are three men that are looking for you. Verse 20, he says, arise, therefore, and go down and go with them. Don't doubt nothing for I've sent them. So we're jumping down now to Acts chapter 10, verse 24. And on the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea and Cornelius was waiting for them and called together his kinsmen and all of his friends. Verse 25. Peter was coming in. Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter took him up and said, hey, stand up. I myself is also a man, verse 27. And as he talked with them, he went in and found many that were come together. And this is what happened. Listen to this. Peter said, he said unto them, you know how that it is unlawful, an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company or to come unto one of another nation. But God, Listen is what he said, but God has showed me, he's revealed to me that I should not call any man common or unclean. The revelation that Peter got changed his thinking, even though his thinking was at least 40 years old. As you can see, revelation, something that caused him to see different, hear different, or know different, is what changed his thinking. So since revelation is spiritual, here's the question. How do we trigger it or cause it to be released? Here's the answer to that. Revelation is released. Watch this, church. This is so good. You're not going to hear this everywhere. Revelation is released through desire or being acquired. Revelation is released. Either through desire or being acquired. So Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 says this. Jesus said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after what? After righteousness, what's going to happen? They shall, didn't say might, they be what? So guess what? I get filled, you get filled based on the level of the desire that you have. So if I desire revelation and I desire it enough, God is obligated to fill me with it. I'm telling you what I know is true. Listen, uh, somebody that uh, First Lady and I are walking through and discipling uh, came to me yesterday and said, Pastor... uh, uh, they got into an altercation not a physical altercation but just a, a situation and they were so frustrated by it so uh, this person likes to cook and so they were in their kitchen and so they begin to pray and cry out to God and begin to pray and cry out to God and the next thing you know that she said Pastor Eben, my stomach started rumbling and all of a sudden words tongues started coming out of my mouth and she had never spoken tongues in her life in fact she had never known anybody maybe her great grandmother or something Somebody spoke in tongues, but here it was. She's desiring. And God said, Oh, you need to be filled? I got you. You will get filled to the level of your desire. Here's the question How bad do you want it? Amen. The NCV version of Matthew 6 says this. Those who want to do right more than anything else are happy because God will fully satisfy them. I love the TEV version. It says, happy are those whose greatest desire is to do what God requires. God will satisfy them fully. So one way that we can get revelation is when we desire more. Everybody say desire more. You know the Bible says? Seek. And you will what? So here's the other way that revelation can come. I say it's through desire. The second way is through acquiring. Meaning, in Romans chapter 8, it shows us that we have access to a person and some information. But it's up to us to utilize it to get it. So he says, likewise, the spirit also helps Our weaknesses or our infirmities. For we don't know what we should pray for as we are. But the Spirit itself makes intercession for us. With groanings which cannot be what? Uttered. And then it says, and he that searches the heart, he knows what's in the mind of the Spirit. Because he, the Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to what? The will of God. And then it says, and we know all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Now, what I didn't do, uh, go to verse 29. Let's go to verse 29. I'm going to read verse 29 as well. Uh, they, 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 there you go. They're going to they're gonna go to it. They're gonna. I want to read verse 29 because we have access. The spirit of God lives in you if you are born again. But, you know, there's one verse that says, what knows what's in a man except the spirit of man that is in him? The spirit of God has information that you don't have, but you do have it because you got him. Did y'all hear that? I said he has information. And even though you might not have the information, you have the information because you have him. So now, because I've acquired, I have the Holy Spirit, He can tell me the things that I need to know. Amen. Amen. So sometimes what you have to do, instead of sitting there crying about it, you need to (laughs) robro shindarabaso about it. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. Because the Bible says, uh, it goes like this. What Noah's what's in a man except of the spirit of the man that's in him so the spirit of god searches the deep things the bible says yes the deep things of god there's some things about god that ain't on the surface the only way we're gonna get it is making sure we utilize the holy spirit that is in us amen see some of you are surface christians it's time to get off the surface now See, you used to swimming in that water, and you get tired. You but stand up. You in three feet. Like, man, you doing it? You side stroke you back stroke, and then you get tired. Like, no, no, no. I'm talking about the deep things. Where when you stop swimming, you got to learn how to tread. See, truth truth will help you tread. Because, see, while you're going down, truth will say, oh, but God is for you. Who can be against you? Tread and say, oh, but God, if he's for me and who can be against me, guess what? Greater is he that is in me. See, that's what you have to do when you feel like you're drowning. Because some, some of y'all feel like you're drowning. And I'm saying to you, what you got to do is you got to tread with the truth. Say amen to that. Okay, skip the next verse. Go to Matthew 7. Matthew 7. Matthew 7. I need to hurry up. Matthew chapter 7. I'm now showing you how to acquire revelation. It says, ask. And it what? Shall be given. Seek and you will what? Find. And then it says what? Knock. Knock. What's going to happen? It shall. Be. Now notice what it didn't say. It didn't say ask and it might be given. Seek and you might find it. No. He says ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knocking it shall be open to you. But everyone. Who? Who church? Everyone that does what? Ask does what? Man you want some revelation from God? Why aren't you asking him? Show me God. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and him that knocks, it shall be what? Listen to what James chapter 1 verse 5 says. If any of you lack wisdom, let him do what, church? Ask. From who? Listen, don't get on Facebook asking everybody for their opinion. Girl, what do you think I should do? My husband cheated on me. Why are you asking another lady? Who husband cheated on her? What's she gonna tell you? Girl, you better leave that fool. It said, let him ask who? God. That gives to somebody didn't like that, but it's okay. That gives to all men freely and upbraided not. But let him ask how? Ask in faith. Not wavering. For he that wavers is like the wave of the sea being uh, with the wind driven. Verse 7. For let not that man think he shall receive anything. Watch this church. A double minded man is unstable. How many? All of your ways. Watch this now. Here's a take home thought. Everybody say hmm. A double mind only exists when I have accepted double truth. Listen, there's only one truth. Jesus said, I'm the what? Way. I am the what? And I'm the what? Listen, he said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So there is only one truth. So if, if I'm double-minded, that means I have accepted two truths. One of them is wrong you will stay double minded in your thinking until you accept watch this now the word for what it is and it is the un- unadulterated truth it is the truth it is the only truth it is not look, they put it on uh, you swear to tell the truth the whole truth and so help mm-hmm. so until the word is final authority you will stay double minded Should I come to church or should I not? You shouldn't even ask that question. Now, you're gonna get those days. I had, th- today I didn't want to get out of the bed. The bed was hugging me. It was hugging me. It was hugging me. It's like, don't get out, pastor. Don't get out, pastor. Log on. <laughs> uh, log on, pastor. Log on. Then I thought about it. I was like, but if I log on, who's going to preach? <laughs> Y'all be up here. Where's pastor? I'm online responding. Hey, Pastor Will, I'm online. A double mind. Listen, church, only exists when I have accepted two truths. And so here's the third way that I'm closing with this one. The third way to change your mind is through exposure. Now, there are some other ways, but these are the main ones. Because what I'm talking about, I had, I've had i walked through and I know they work. So this one right here uh, is very powerful because sometimes your mind can only change what your eyes have been able to see. And that's where exposure comes in. So I'm gonna share a story and then I'm gonna ask them to put a, put the photo up, but don't put the photo up yet. So I had some, I have some retainer walls, uh, because of the, 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 how the land is landscaped at the house. And these retainer walls, you know, uh, the previous owner of the house painted them, but he did not use correct paint. So after a year, the paint on the wall started peeling off. And so I did some research and discovered he did not use the right paint. I needed to did, I needed to correct it. So I called out the right people. They came out and they corrected it. And it's got a 25 year warranty on it. Walls look amazing. But one of the things they had to do to prepare the wall for this new painting process, they took a pressure wash wand and they pressure washed down the, the brick to make sure there was no loose debris and so they were able to to prepare and put on the other paint. Well, in in, uh, when they were pressure washing the wall, they got, you know, they wanted to make sure they got down to the bottom of it. They uh, ended up pressure washing some of the driveway. No big deal. But when I looked, I said, wow, is that the color my driveway should be? Truth exposed something. Is that really how it's supposed to be? I was like, watch it! watch this. I have been functioning with a terrible looking driveway and did not know it. But truth revealed it. So they're going to put the picture up because I did a before and after. Look at that. This right here is the way my driveway was. My son landed and said, Dad, I thought our driveway was gray. (laughs) He said, I thought it was gray. Do you see the difference between the two? That's what exposure does to our thinking. And this is why some of our thinking is bad because we got exposed to some bad stuff growing up. You got, ex- you got exposed to Playboy magazines and some old crazy stuff and it messed your mind up. It messed your thinking up. Listen, some of you all got exposed to some real, real negative people and it's, it's, it's caused you to have a negative mindset. Do you know birds of a feather? Yeah. Yep, 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 that's true. But when the truth was exposed... I had a decision to make. Oh, I'm closing. Look at your Say, they closing right there. It closing right there. I had a decision to make. Every time I was driving by that that the wall with the nice new paint, I saw where, but my, my the way my driveway should be. And after I'm just driving by, as soon as I come out, because I got I got to pass it. It's right where the garage is. I'm every day. I'm looking. I'm like, wow, wow, is that woman? So I had to make a decision. Was I going to bring my thinking up? to what I've been exposed to or was I going to be comfortable with what I already had? Some of you are comfortable with where things are. So what's the application today? Because then I'm going to pray for everybody just a second here. Number one, listen to the message again. You got to listen to it. Number two, Look for areas where you are double-minded to see where you have elevated a lie over the status of truth. And then number three, accept the word as final authority and start functioning by what you know rather than the facts and the feelings that you have. And so what I want to do, because... Last week, when I talked about the deceitfulness of riches, I do believe there are spiritual and demonic forces sometimes that are stopping us from reaching new levels. Let me tell you what I mean. Daniel, when when he prayed to God, and he was waiting on an answer. He's waiting on a blessing. How many know an answer is a blessing? So Daniel's waiting. But he had a, uh, there was a fight in the spiritual realm with these demonic principalities. And I believe that there are some principalities and there are some demonic things that uh, strongholds that are in families and in generations. This is why typically when you see like where a great-great-grandmother was on welfare, you'll see that that, kind of it's prevalent throughout the whole family the daughter's on welfare then the daughter's daughter's on welfare and everybody and then somebody it takes somebody to break that right but sometimes sometimes that breaking needs to be done spiritually and not just through education because if it's done through education you may break the barrier personally but because that thing wasn't broken spiritually your kids can end up right back on welfare and the next thing you know it just keeps going so I want uh, this is not now this this uh, I'm not going to ask I'm just going to suggest that everybody stand up I want to pray over everybody right now because if you desire more than where you are I want you to just raise your hands like you're giving up you know how you know how when you've been arrested and they ask you to <laughs> put them up. Right. some of y'all know the position if you're at home I want you to stand up and do what I'm doing right now stand up right there if gonna, listen if you're going to be a part of this church you got to do it stand up right there where you are stand up hold your hands up like this because what this is a sign is of you saying God I'm giving up my old way of thinking God I am releasing old generational thinking and I'm releasing anything that has held me back from reaching new levels. That's what your hands going up represent right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, your word says all we have to do is decree a thing and it shall be established. You said whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And so I bind every principality, every power, every demonic spirit, every wicked spirit in high places. I bind you now in the name of Jesus. I bind your power, I bind your authority, I bind your influence in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of poverty. Poverty. I bind the spirit of lack. I bind the spirit of debt in the name of Jesus. I bind the spirit of stinginess in the name of Jesus. And Father, you said whatever we bind and have on earth, is bound in heaven. And so we thank you that that's bound right now. And so right now we lose those spirits. We lose those things. We lose those principalities. And Father, we release prosperity on your people. We release increase on your people. We release, Father, next level on your people. We release, Father, new mindsets in your people. We release a new way of thinking in your people. Father, we release... Not just thousandaires, but we release hundreds and millionaires on your people right now. We release billionaires on your people right now. We release, Father, in the name of Jesus, power to get wealth. Because your word tells us that you rejoice in the wealth of your people. You rejoice in the prosperity of your people. And so we release the prosperity of God and Father I thank you today eyes haven't seen ears haven't heard neither has it entered into some of our hearts the things that you have prepared for us but Lord I thank you for revealing these things in the name of Jesus by your spirit the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of God and I declare in the name of Jesus for new things coming forth in Jesus mighty name if you receive that say I receive it I believe it now give the Lord a hand clap for it yes glory hallelujah so listen I'm gonna pray real quick I have a have a seat for a second I have a surprise for you next week I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but I need you to if you can physically be here next week. Don't let you know how you have your first and third Sundays, and then you come on second and fourth. No, no. Next week, because there is going to be a tangible manifestation of what next level prosperity looks like next week. Boy, you can't you can't you can't afford to miss it. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, here's my question if you die today, are you sure you you'd go to heaven?